Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 106 of the Cloudcast. This week, we're coming to you live from Cloud Open and LinuxCon here in New Orleans, and this week's shows are being sponsored by Open at Citrix and the Linux Foundation, so big thank you to them for that. Uh, we're going to speak a little bit about Zen Project, and for that, we have Lars here today. Lars, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you. So Lars, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, first of all, and then Zen Project. Well, um, I've been in the IT industry for a long time, covering everything from parallel computing to mobile to infrastructure. I've been uh, doing a lot of open source stuff over the last 10 years and been uh, looking after the Zen Project as community manager for the last two and a half years. It's been that long. It's been that long, wow. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it, uh, tell us a little bit about how is Zen Project different from Zen Server, different from, you know, there's a lot of Zens out there at times, yeah. it seems, right? So tell me a little bit <clears throat> about that. So the Xen Project, it's a Linux Foundation collaborative project. It's funded by um, 13 companies, including big names like Amazon Web Services, Google, Citrix, Oracle, quite a few others, I don't want to list the whole thing. Um, uh, now, we have a number of sub-projects within um, the Xen project. So the, one, the big one, obviously, is the Xen hypervisor. Um, then we have the XAPI project, which is a tool stack um, that allows you to control um, uh, the, the Xen hypervisor. And we have also a project called Mirage OS, which is a library OS. And it is also Xen on ARM, but that's been merged into mainline. So that's probably at some point going to disappear as a separate sub-project. Okay. Okay. How is it different from uh, Xen Server? Well, Xen Server basically... Well, let me take a step back, right? So in, in Xen, you actually have a number of different tool stacks which work with the hypervisor. There's the default tool stack called Excel, uh, which is also the name of the command line tool with which you control the hypervisor. Then Xen works with libvirt as well, uh, so you can use you know Versh and uh, uh, and other you know tools which which interface with libvirt. And then there's the Xapi tool stack, <clears throat> and basically. Uh, a number of different commercial solutions use different combinations between Xen and Toolstack. So, for example, um, if you take Xen from a Debian distro, you get Xen with the default Toolstack. Um, if you look at Oracle VM, you basically have um, uh, Xen plus Excel plus a few extensions which Oracle wrote. Um, Citrix Xen Server um, or you know, open source Xen Server um, basically takes Xen plus the Xapi tool stack and uh, they also take you know, Xen OS and bundle it up into a separate distribution. So Xen Server is a little bit like Xen and Xen Hypervisor and Xen Server is a little bit like um, you know, the Linux kernel and a Linux distribution. Ah, makes sense. Um, <clears throat> And then, of course, there's uh, 
solutions such as Huawei UVP, which is also Xen-based, which uses Xen and Libvirt. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff out there, <laughs> all built on top of Xen. Awesome, awesome. And, and, and what are some of the, you know, more traditional use cases that you've seen? And then what are some of the, we were discussing before we hit record here, what are some of the kind of newer, cooler, cutting-edge use cases of, of Zen projects? I mean, traditionally, um, Xen's used for server virtualization. And you basically, you know, use VMs to uh, increase um, utilization, you know, of your of your servers, um, uh, all well understood. Um, the next level up is, of course, um, uh, um, having you know big server farms and putting a cloud orchestration stack on top of it, such as um, you know, cloud, Apache Cloud Stack, um, uh, OpenStack, Open Nebula, and Eucalyptus, um, and there's probably a few others as well, um, uh, which are less of known. Uh, so these are the two main use cases, really. Um, <clears throat> we're also seeing Xen uh, today on a number of desktop products. So one product which is really interesting is uh, called Cubes OS, which is another op op uh, um, uh, open source project. Okay. And what they do is they basically use Xen to sandbox different applications. So, so, so basically Cubes OS is a, is a, is a, is a, is a Fedora distribution, mm -hmm. right? A, a modified Fedora distribution. So at the bottom, they have Xen. Um, uh, then, you know, for example, they have classes of applications which get put into separate VMs. So for example, every email client gets put into its own VM. Every browser gets put into its own VM, and you can, kind of can so configure it's, it's that. Sort of the, I mean, not exactly the same, but it's sort of conceptually the way that browsers are doing tabs and Google exactly. Chrome, where it's its own processes, and if it <clears> dies, <throat> it doesn't affect everything else. It, exactly, and each, you know, each of these VMs looks like its own hardware, you know, system as its own file system and so on and so forth, and then the X Windows layer aggregates everything into one consistent view, such that the end user doesn't actually know notice what's going on, and then they also have this idea of uh, throwaway VMs, so for example, when you click, when you open a PDF document or any attachment from within, you know, uh, your Outlook or, you know, Thunderbird or whatever mail client you're using, it just opens, you know, the Adobe Reader in its own VM and then when it's done, it's, it closes again. So you have a lot of additional security through that, through the approach. Now, a similar product, which isn't open source, is something like Send Client. Um, uh, where you know you can run different VMs on your on your laptop, sure. for example. Sure. <clears throat> now, what about you know? Obviously, so desktop computing. Some folks want to talk about how its demise and mobile's becoming bigger. Like, how you know, Android's a big deal. Android's fundamentally a Linux-based distribution, if you will. Do things like Zen and some of the projects you're working on fit in a mobile world? Is there a is there a place for that, or even some of these sort of emerging kind of devices, tablets, vehicles, uh, sensors? Yeah, that's a very good um, uh, question. So, about a year and a half ago, um, the Xen community started adding ARM support okay. to to upstream Xen, 
there has been a Samsung created branch of uh, Xenon ARM for um, many years, um, but that required a heavily hacked um, Linux kernel and a lot of the work wasn't upstreamed. But when things started changing is when ARM added virtualization extensions to the CPUs. And for example, you know, the Galaxy S4, you know, Nexus 10, and some of the newer devices actually have chipsets on them which have these virtualization extensions. So, in fact, what the community was able to do is build a Xen version which runs natively on ARM is actually very, very slim. So if you look at the number of lines of code, the ARM-specific portion um, of Xen is 70,000 lines of code. If you look at an x86 uh, architecture, it's about 120,000 lines of code. It's very fast and it's, it's like architecturally like a match made in heaven. Um, now, <clears throat> the first preview release of Xen on ARM in mainline Xen came out in Xen 4.3 three months ago. And now what we're starting to see um, is uh, first prototypes of having of having Android um, running on top of Xen um, on mobile devices as well as for other use cases as in-vehicle infotainment systems. Oh, okay. And, uh, so and what, I'm also what, seeing what some Ford questions. What and BMW and all these car companies are starting to do? Or? There's actually... I, I kind of can't tell you okay. the names of the companies, um, but <laughs> I guess if you look at the mailing list, you could probably guess. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's fair. But um, uh, um, at uh, the uh, Xen Developer Summit in Edinburgh in a month, um, there's half a day of just Xen-related content and demos um, in that space, which oh. really surprised me that it happened so quickly and is gathering steam so, so, so quickly. So we'll see cool demos where you will have, uh, you know, basically two Android VMs running on one device, um, you know, personal and a work instance and kind of stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah, because VM folks like VMware have been sort of trying to do this, but it's a weird, it's kind of a weird user experience. You you have to natively know: are you in business mode or personal mode? And so yeah, I, it'll be interesting what the community is able to do to maybe make that user interface more intuitive. So that I don't know yet, um, because obviously I haven't seen the sure. demos. I just saw the talk submissions, and I have to program in place, but. Yeah. I'm quite excited about that. Yeah, that'll um, be interesting uh, to watch. That will be interesting to watch. By the way, you know, registration is still open. The, the agenda isn't published yet. It'll hopefully go up this week. Um, uh, uh, but if you can't come to Edinburgh, we will basically um, uh, make all that content avail available online afterwards. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. And, and what about, is it tomorrow? Yeah. So talk about ah. tomorrow real quick. Ah, yeah. So tomorrow we have our first um, user summit. Um, uh, so tra traditionally, you know, in uh, in Xen community, we only ever had developer events. Uh, we never actually ran user events. So we have our first user event uh, tomorrow at LinuxCon. Um, it's a whole day. Um, we had we have really great talkers like Brian Smith, who's been a long time Xen user and is also very active in the ARM community. And and even for those that, you know, aren't here, 
and are picking this up remotely um, later on, you know, replays of the sessions will be available. So, yeah. Yes, that's so right. You'll, you'll put all the content on zen.org, is that right? Um, or at least some of it? Yeah, so basically the way how it works is the Linux Foundation is handling everything. They will put it on YouTube, and then we will basically just put um, embedded links to it oh, on, nice. on zenproject.org. Zenproject.org, okay. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. Well, good, man. So, um, before we go, any any other kind of websites, tips, tricks? Or like, if they, people want more information, where should they go? So, the first call is, you know, go to sendproject.org. Um, there's a Q&A forum there. Um, but also, you can get from there, you can get to all the mailing lists, to the IRC channels. Well, for example, the hash hash send IRC channel. There's always between 250 and 300 people on there, um, and usually if you ask a question, we'll get a response fairly quickly, unless it's a stupid question. <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, there's the wiki with lots of useful information, um, uh, and if we just want to follow the project, um, from the website you can sign up to our newsletter, um, you can sign up, uh, you can follow the blog, there's a planet um, uh, and a lot of other really useful resources. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, before we go, we need to once again thank our sponsors, Open at Citrix, open.citrix.com, and the Linux Foundation, linuxfoundation.org. Um, and thank you again for them uh, to allowing us to, to do this here. And if you like the show, please tell a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at thecloudcastnet or on the web at thecloudcast.net where you can find links to everything. Thank you, Lars, and thank you, everyone, for listening.